Paddy Kenny was in goal for the opposition. Tommy Smith scored the winner. That was Goodison Park in August 2011, and it was the last time Everton lost on the opening day of the season. You may remember it was Ross Barkley's debut against Queen's Park Rangers. Since then, kiss of death here, it's been 10 day oneers unbeaten. We've had our ups and downs on the first day of the season, as we're about to find out. I'm in the excellent company once again of David Prentice and Gavin Buckland for an official Everton podcast as we look back on the opening day of the season. Set plays of Troubled United. From Gibson, Fellaini! Well, if there's anybody on this Goodison turf that deserves a goal tonight, Marouane Fellaini is the man. Just look what he means. Nothing quite like it, Preto, is there? <laughs> no, there isn't. It's one of those uh, days where everybody, I think, nationwide has a little bit of optimism and you're still looking forward to what may be. And you do, even now, in this era where you normally know what the top four is going to be or the top five is going to be, you do get freak results and strange results. Mm. And I suspect this season, maybe more than ever, given the very truncated pre-season that we've had, we've had Thomas Tuchel already saying that you know, so he can't guarantee Chelsea are going to be absolutely prepared for the start of the season. So we might just get a few strange results uh, on the opening day. Would us battering Chelsea you know, count as a strange <laughs> result? I don't know. I certainly hope so. <laughs> You'd take it, but, Gavin. <laughs> I just think any result against Chelsea. No, it is. It, it's funny, isn't it? You know, if you if you could bottle that optimism for yeah. like a quarter to three or whatever, fifty minutes before the first game of the season, bottle that optimism, you, you, you'd be champions, wouldn't you? you know, it's just a just a great feeling. Invariably, also as well, even in the most like dreadful uh, summers, weather wise, the ultimate day is almost invariably <laughs> yeah. a scorcher. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, if it wasn't for the Friday night game, everyone would, everybody would be joined top, wouldn't they, at three o'clock? Yeah, yeah. that yeah. Queen's Park Rangers game, Gav. Of course, by that time, we already had the game in hand on everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> we'd, um, we were scheduled to play Spurs, who I think are still our most common opponents on the opening day. Um, but obviously, there's been a bit of um, a bit of trouble in London around the ground and on the opening day they decided to, you know, wisely to, to postpone the fiction. We we played them played them in the January. So you could say the Black Bear is technically our last uh, <laughs> last opening day defeat. Yeah. Yeah. And I say QPR and we I think it's still it's longest one of anybody in the Premier League at the moment, isn't it? Is it? Think, yeah. Um yeah, so yeah, looking forward to hopefully making it eleven mm-hmm. with a win. Tottenham Spurs opening day, terrific performance at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium a couple of years ago. Just a shame there was nobody there to see it. And playing in those empty stadiums, it, it seems like a bad dream now, doesn't it? it they'll become anomalies, I think, those, uh, those matches. Yeah. I mean, you know, the 5 4 Spurs, FA Cup tie, you know, the greatest game never seen. And it's almost like they didn't happen. Mm-hmm. They did, but they didn't, you know, because, you know, they were soulless experiences, really. And, you know, that was a great performance by Everton that day. And it was a wonderful goal by DCL. And uh, just like, you know, so a really, really good day, but you couldn't really get involved or mm. celebrate it or enjoy it. Well, we did, obviously, but not as much as you would have done normally if there had been like 3,000 away fans in there, if there had been, you know, so all us watching, you know, so a home on telly. That's strange that we, yeah, so looked back on peculiarly, I think, you know, so in the mm. future, those games with no fans inside the stadium. A better performance against Tottenham than we gave in August 1984. <laughs> Gav, we, we all gathered at Goodison Park. The FA Cup was on show before. Hendy and Marshall carried the FA Youth Cup around Goodison yeah. Park. Optimism flooded Goodison Park, 
and then we got walloped. We took yeah. the we took the lead. Yes. Yeah, I mean it was. Uh, if you haven't heard, you know that phrase after the Lord Mayor show has got the most perfect example. Another like uh, gloriously sunny sunny day. First half, how we were great, man. We yeah, carried yeah. off where we left off the previous season. Winning one nil, thinking she got the penalty spot, and then. And, and then it fell apart so massively, didn't it? And it was four one, but it wasn't like sort of like they scored a couple of late goals. It was four goals either side of half time, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? We yeah. just and dare I say, uh, now perhaps not for the last time on home team, but just had a bit of a mare that day. Now we let a couple <laughs> yeah. in, a uh, couple of Spurs players in, yeah. And, and, and again, that's the ultimate proof is never you let your season be dictated yeah. by the other day as well. You know, there was no indication of what was to come, was the day? Particularly when we went to West Brom and got beat again. Oh no, not whatsoever, because. I recall the previous season's opening day, we'd beaten Stoke 1-0 in a really, you know, sort of mundane game, like nothing happened. And as we walked away from the ground, gallows humour amongst Evertonians, I always remember uh, an Everton fan saying, oh, well, we're not going to win the league this year, ha, ha, ha. And everyone laughed and joked about it. And we didn't, obviously. But we won the FA Cup and the following season, well, we know what happened. And it's amazing how things can change so dramatically. Uh, and they did spectacularly. No, after that game, you know, we, we knew that we were going to have like, you know, sort of respectable season, but I don't think it was going to go quite as, you know, well as it did because the only change that had been made in the summer was uh, was Paul Bracewell, you know, so yeah. arriving. I think Pat Benden Howe arrived a little bit later. Uh, so he was like the only addition to the squad. And obviously, we've beaten Liverpool on the Charity Shield, so everyone's buzzing about that. And then, you know, the big, you know, sort of wet blanket thrown over everything of the Tottenham results if not performance, then West Brom in midweek. So Chelsea on the Friday night, I think it was, in the silver kit as yeah. well, became like a bit of a, you know, a bit of a must-win game, really. Yeah. And, uh, and we did, obviously, and then, yeah, talk about lighting the blue touch paper because it absolutely took off, you know. It was the same 20 years later, wasn't it, Kev? We'd, we'd struggled at the end of 2003-04. Yeah. Wayne had gone to Manchester United. Marcus Bent came in and we got battered at home to Arsenal by four goals to one on the opening day. And went on to finish fourth. Yeah, it was uh, it was one team he didn't want to play then. It'd be Arsenal in the yeah. it was that, like in the summer, you know, because they always appeared to in the Vengi years in two thousand. They win every like August game four, five, six, one. You know, <laughs> they always appeared to be magnificent. It was the last fixture you wanted, and yeah, and we, we got battered. Didn't we? But there was a couple of little cameos near the end. Lee Carty scored, and yeah. and that made you know um, start a great season. And, and Mark's better come on a sub, thinking, and he scored, and he done well. And then, of course, a bit like Tano talking about Chelsea in 20 years before we went to Palace then, didn't we? It was a must-win yeah, game yeah, at the time. Yeah, People yeah, described yeah. it as a relegation yeah, decider yeah, in August. Cynically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they described yeah. it as the nearest six points in the league history. And we went 1-0 down there. Yeah. Well. yeah, and Stubbs, he played off the line as well, at yeah. 1-0 as well, didn't yeah. he? And um, that was very similar, See, you know, the way that season started. Uh, 04, 05 and what happened and, you know, compared to 84, 85 but you know Arsenal then we played in the season before hadn't we as well a, a hybrid yeah, yeah. yeah. disproportionate amounts of home games yeah. <laughs> <laughs> opening day games against Arsenal hasn't it yeah and it just shows you it's just just beautiful saying this stuff don't like the, the opening day result they take the rest of your season it, it, it's always the opening day of the season almost always the chance for the Punters to see players make their debut, but will we ever get a more eclectic mix of debutants than we did in 2002 when we had Richard Wright in goal, we had a Brazilian called Rodrigo, a Chinese international called Lee Tai, and a boy who'd only just left school. Was that the, uh, the Tottenham game, the yeah, uh, Wayne Rooney's two, debut? Yeah. yeah. Well, that would be, we'd sort of half, half hoped and expected for Wayne to make his debut towards the end of the previous season. And I think, I remember Walter Smith, you know, sort of sitting down with me and you know, sort of talking to me about Wayne and telling me, tell you what, this kid's going to save my job. 
I've got a, we've got a kid here that can save me my job. And uh, obviously it didn't work out that way. But he took him away to Southampton, where we won 1-0. I think mm. Steve Watson scored. Yeah. And uh, that was the last opportunity he had to play because he was so young. I think he was taken away by England, then England under-16s or something, uh, which is why he couldn't play in the final few games of the season. So that was his last opportunity. And then we're waiting all summer, you know, so was he going to be involved? And of course he was always going to be involved. Um, I remember him playing well, but without actually, you know, sort of sparkling. You know, he just, you know, he's a 16-year-old kid at the yeah, time, yeah. like you say, you know, so still at school. And, um, you know, was he just did enough to make you think, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, so enough to maintain the excitement that was beginning to grow around him. And then it obviously was only like a month before the uh, the Arsenal, I remember the game goal. So did Lee Tai, didn't he? Lee Tai played well. He probably had a good season, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, especially before Christmas, he looked um, neat and tidy players, didn't he? He, he played, plays well in that game. Um, also, you know, and death and taxes and Les Ferdinand goals was really yeah. applied. And, yeah. yeah, and that was not, and that was that was a really good game. And, and that opening sort of, you know, Moise's first season, only a few games he played, well and didn't necessarily get the results. It took until like you know Wayne's goal against Dallas in October to really kick on that that season. But that was uh, another another game of promise and. Um, yeah, I want to say an eclectic mix. There was a Howard's first game as well in '84. Yeah. There was a real mix of players there when yeah. we started. But yeah, that was, that was that's what's still one of my favourite seasons. That one of my three or four favourite seasons. Mm. Two or three. Sharp and Cotty. It's incredible. A goal after 34 seconds. McCreary. He can't stem it. It's wave after wave of Everton attacks. This is Peter Reid. And Cotty, he's got his second. They salute a new hero. It's been a dream start for these new Everton players. Particularly Cotty, he's round Besant. And Tony Cotty comes to Everton with a hat-trick. 34 seconds, hat-trick, win 4-0. And, you know, to be honest, I peaked in my first game. Mm. Again, you know, as I said about my West Ham first spell, I think for Everton that was that was the pinnacle for me, and then after that you can only really go one way because yeah. you can't score actually in every game. Yeah. Will we get an opening day hat trick? Tony Cotty was the last one. Um, hopefully for Everton, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Tony, I think he's probably got a bit of mixed feelings. I think he said over the years. Played Newcastle, they bought a load of players in the summer. Yeah. Hadn't yeah. Newcastle. Dave um, Besant was one of them, wasn't he? Yeah. Dave Besant, Andy Thorne. Yeah, there were a few. They, yeah. bought, they bought a few, and uh, with the I think they saw Gascoigne, hadn't he? Um, and again, for, 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 was 40,000 at Goodison and 4 0. Tony scored after 30, 30 seconds, hat trick. And you're thinking, oh, we're going to kick on from here, yeah. you know. Uh, Colin's second season settled in, and it never really happened, did it? That, we start too well. Is it possible to start well, too you, well? You talk about pre season excitement, and I think. After that game, the excitement was absolutely unparalleled because, yeah. you know, it wasn't just TC, obviously Pat Nevin, Neil McDonald, Stuart McCall had all signed and, you know, so all played in that game and all, you know, at varying levels of you know, effectiveness. But I remember Tony Cotty because I was obviously working at the, uh, the, the Echo at the time and he'd given an interview uh, where he said about he's setting a pre-season target of 20 goals, you know, so coming to a team as like, so, you know, as, as well-equipped as Everton. Scored his hatchet on his opening day, and uh, came out afterwards and said, "I want to revise that target." And he, I think he made it forty. And it was, it was like a bit, bit tongue in cheek. But you know, we followed on and went to Coventry the following Saturday. And again, we won one 0 Tony Cotty scored again. 
but that for me is memorable as the greatest Neville Southwell performance I ever saw that day. We won one nil, but we got battered, and Neville was absolutely incredible that day. You know, so the best performance he ever gave out of all the great performances really? he gave. Yeah. So you know, so from those like you know, so two games, you're thinking, wow, yeah, you know, so what's going to happen this season? Sadly, it all tailed off quite significantly after that. Did but, you ever speak to Neville about this performance against Leeds United <laughs> in, in 1990? I tried to, but as ever with Neville, you get you know, very little out of him. And, uh, you know, he claimed that you know he just wanted to clear his head. He said that you know no one even noticed I'd left the dressing room. I wanted to clear my exit. I had a dreadful first half. We were three 0 down at half time, mm-hmm. and so I just thought I'd go somewhere where I could clear my head. So he goes to sit in front of forty thousand people on the goalpost to clear his head. I'm not too sure about that, Nev. That's an interesting description, but I genuinely think he was making a point because that was the era whereby he had to put in a couple of transfer requests that yeah. hadn't been you know accepted, and I think he just wanted to make a public statement to how. How disaffected he was, you know, so how upset he was because he was an absolute born winner. You talk about City getting the cover and not going up to collect the Community Shield losers medals this weekend. Neville did that donkey's years ago and they had the full Members' Cup final. He wasn't interested in being labelled a loser. Uh, he never went up to collect those. There's that great picture that Jimmy Martin stood on yeah. the, uh, the post <laughs> trying to persuade him to go up and Neville just like, no, no. <laughs> yeah. There's an interesting story about that, isn't it? Because I think Neville's unsettled because they, they brought the Egyptian keeper out from the World Cup in. It was really good, but we couldn't yeah. get away paying for it. I think it's something like that. And I think Ferguson sort of was, was alerted, and I think yeah. Ferguson wanted to buy him. But when he saw the the protest on the opening night, he thought, yeah. well, Ferguson had a few difficult characters in the Man United dressing room around that time. He thought, oh, well, I'll give it a miss. But yeah, I'm with the I'm with Plan of the Coventry game, which was like a lot of Neville things, was just supernatural, wasn't yeah. it? But yeah, I think to be fair, Neville. I think what John Collins didn't know about it, but I think that was the thing, wasn't it? That yeah. Colin only knew about it the press after, after the yeah. event. Yeah. I think if he decided to call him beforehand, it might have been different, but he, he did, and that, that was not Neville's finest hour, shall we say, yeah. but it was, uh, yeah, it, that was a difficult game, wasn't it? We mentioned Newcastle United there when we beat them in Tony Cotty's debut. The, 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 the expectation and the, the enthusiasm around the 2-0 win against Newcastle where Gary Speed made his debut oh, wow. because yeah. that, was a, that was as good a performance as Duncan Ferguson probably yeah. had the game. Well, that was the one where, because again, you know, so working at the Echo, I was going down to Belfield you know, so every morning uh, you know, so those days and certainly that week, all I was hearing about uh, Duncan that week is, uh, oh my God, Duncan's up for this, Duncan's well up for this. Because Alan Shearer had signed for Newcastle for a record transfer fee, so all the media was all about Alan Shearer and this £15 million superstar. And Duncan, I think, was a little bit irked that, you know, so, you know, it was a home game for Everton and, you know, so the spotlight was all on the Newcastle centre forward. And so he was walking around, you know, so this little chance he had about, you know, so Sheila's going to get it, Sheila's going to get it. <laughs> and he just went out there and was utterly unplayable. Yeah. It was one of those days where he was described occasionally as being unplayable and genuinely that day he, he was. Just players couldn't get near him. And it was his knockdown, I think, that, you know, so Gary Speed uh, scored from. Uh, was it a penalty as well where Duncan was fouled and uh, he, actually, he actually mugged Steve Watson well. how, that was, <laughs> how that was a penalty forever yeah. I still don't know and Steve Watson still doesn't know either yeah. but yeah he was like it was one of those days where he was absolutely up for it and like so put in one of his like inspirational performances and yeah it was it was a good one to look back on that a very very fondly remembered one I was made up for speedo as well seeing him get that goal against you know so the team he'd always followed all his life and making his home debut it was it was a, it was a sweet opening day that one Again, looking for Ferguson, who gets the better of Albert. Speed is there, and it's the second goal for Everton. Duncan Ferguson, the creator, 
Gary Speed was there so quickly and Newcastle just do not know what's hit them unlike Gary Lineker's debut for Everton which, <laughs> oh, yeah. which was a quirk of fate wasn't it yeah Leicester um, I went that game and that was one of the <laughs> at the time one of the best feelings ever Round the goal before before the game, you know, bring on the champions, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was great. And um, again, a bit like Spurs, first half dominated. I think Derek Manfield scored, and um, we were bossing the game. I think they scored just just before just before the break. A bit like Spurs, twelve months before, and we ended up getting. I think I think ended up getting beat three one. Mark Bright, who made the habit of scoring goals against Evan yeah. during his, his his career. A relatively unknown player at the time. Uh, he scored two, made made three one. I think Gary didn't go into the wrong dressing room. I think uh, as well. And imagined it was. He got plenty of stick for any member of the Leicester fans. It wasn't what I wanted, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I, Leicester's my team. I'd supported them since I was a little kid. I used to go with my granddad and my dad every week when I was seven years old. Um, I signed at sixteen. I, I was there for eight years. Um, I didn't want to leave while I had a contract with Leicester. Um, my last what contract kind of let it run out. So you know, but it was it was tough to leave, and all my family were there. And then to go back, um, my first game was bad enough, but to then get you know, beaten three one, and the guy that replaced me at that time, Mark Bright, scored two two goals. One of them a wonder goal. It was all the crowd singing, "What a waste of money!" And I'm thinking, oh, <laughs> and it what. What made it even worse um, was that half time we were losing and we went into the tunnel and I went into the Leicester dressing room instead of the Everton. And I had just, uh, out of years and years of habit, and, and you could see all the players were sitting around, they're going, What are you doing? But I was like, Oh, no. Shocker. Okay. <laughs> was, there, was there some playful banter off the, the Everton dressing room in those early days? Because it, it, it could be quite ruthless. There was no player, no playful banter after that game. It was deathly hush. I, I think they were all thinking, "What have we signed here?" Um, so, but uh, by and large, it was unbelievable banter. You know, it was, it was it was actually quite a fairly brutal dressing room in the sense of um, uh, Mickey taking etc. Um, and none more so than Neville Southall. To be honest, it could really dish it out. Um, and then obviously characters like Peter Reid and Paul Bracewell and well Kevin Ratcliffe etc. So. Um, it was it was a it was a fun dressing room, um, but you needed to you needed to be able to stand up for yourself. Unlike Tony Cotty, Gary took a bit of time to, yeah. to sell anything, maybe three or four goals yeah. before games where he scored his first goal. He, he was a slow burner. I think his first goal was away at Spurs, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. diving at it. But yeah, it took a long time for him to actually win the fans over. He said himself, I think it was when he scored in back to back games in December against yeah. Sheffield Wednesday and Man United that you know we were finally having him yeah. and it was purely because he replaced Andy Gray and Andy Gray was an absolute idol I loved Andy Gray I still love him to this day I didn't have a downer on Gary Lineker as a result of it but you know so some fans did and uh, yeah it's strange you know so how the way you know so some supporters affections work but uh, yeah it took a long time to win them over as a result of that Brano, apologies at this point. We're almost 20 minutes in to a podcast about Everton. And I haven't given you a chance to talk about Bob Latchett. Yes, there we go. So away you go. Well, my favourite opening day, bar none, bar none, was 76-77 season. Because if you remember, the previous kept season, QPR had run Liverpool neck and neck for the title. They were a great side. Jerry Francis, uh, you know, sort of Dave Thomas, Ian Gillard, like so loads of really... Stan Bowles. Stan Bowles. Just, yeah, great, great team, great players. And Liverpool only 
pinched the title on the last day. They had to win at Wolves, and yeah. Wolves needed to win to stay up. And uh, Wolves were winning at half time as well. Anyway, they, they, they pinched it. So QPR were that good. They were only like sort of deprived of the title on the last day of the season, and we were away there on the opening day. So we go there, and obviously Big Bob did what Big Bob does, you know, so scored. But David Jones got sent off after 17 minutes. We were down to 10 men, you know, so after 20 minutes away at a team as good as that. And we just kicked on. We had that great kit, the all yellow kit, the Umbro kit, which, which I loved. Lions to get in, good save by Parks. And it's gone in. Taking on John Hollins for pace and beating him, and it's there by Laxford. It. And it could be four, and it is. Latchford second. Now I was 76, I'd have been 13 or 14 at the time, and I was so excited. And obviously the uh, the realities of what you know sort of football opening days can do to you hadn't quite you know sort of seeped into my psyche yet. <laughs> so the following day I was uh, going to call for my mates who lived uh, up in Elson Road in Formby, uh, the Whiteheads. And I, I was walking down there, and he was walking down the other opposite side of the road, Emmeline Hughes. <laughs> so, so what do you, pushing his kid in, in, in the chair, so what do you do, you know, so when you see the Liverpool skipper after you've just beaten QPR 4-0, so I couldn't help myself, shouted across the road, hey Emlyn, Everton 4, QPR 0, take that. <laughs> Fair play to Emlyn, he could have just ignored me, or he shouted abuse at me, but he didn't, he shouted across, ah, behave yourself, lad, you finished 11th last year, we're champions, champions, and he did, he had a real bit of banter, and he was right actually, because the following game, I think we drew 1-1 at home to Ipswich, the following Saturday we got beat 2 another at home to Villa we ended up total mid-table mediocrity uh, but good runs in the FA in the FA Cup and the League Cup that was yeah. the season where we got to the final of the League Cup and obviously the FA Cup semi but yeah Latch you know so as he often did you know so scored a couple on the opening day there so got to mention him we've had some uh, <laughs> Bob Latch always makes an appearance doesn't yeah. he on Everton podcast yeah. as does Dixie Dean we'll get to Dixie Dean shortly I'm sure with Gavin we've had some Good games against Manchester United opening day. 1999, they were the treble winners and then the Marouane Fellaini headed on a Monday night. Terrific Yeah, yeah. 67. Famous game on ball too. Yeah. Alex Young. Um, you know, thanks to the wonders of the internet, you can watch the, the match of the day uh, broadcast. I think that the Fellaini one was... You know, that, that was Monday night, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, under lights, the old, uh, all the old cliches came out. And, I thought Moise's last season, I thought possibly I'd like his best team. You know, and maybe I finished sixth, I think. We probably, he drew a lot of games we should have won and maybe threw away some points uh, that we shouldn't have done. And, and, and that, that opening day really set the tone for it. It was 1 0, but it wasn't a 1 0, was it? You know, no, it, was, no. uh, it was a proper, uh, it was, it was, it was, I wouldn't say a thrashing, but we were easily the better team. And Fellaini, of course, he, he'd had a, he played well, I'd need in a 4 0 game. He always gave United trouble, didn't he? He'd scored. His first goal against United, yeah. and so it wasn't a surprise maybe that you know once 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 Moyes went there that Fellaini Fellaini went with him. The '99 game, I think it was Yapstam, wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. That, that, Nicky Barnby yeah. we gave it to, but yeah. it was uh, yeah, it went it off Yapstam, yeah, so yeah, it was, it was yeah. an own goal. Yeah. Several times, and the '67 game was a great game. If you watched yeah. that, yeah, yeah, Alan Alan Ball, to great goal by Alex Alex Young, you know, and. Um, I think Brian Kidd would made his debut for, for, for United that day and um, that, that was that's, that was the season when 67-8 when it all started falling into place for mm. for, for 70. Um, we won our first game of the 69-70 season yeah. as well. 1-0 at Highbury with uh, is it fair to call Hurst the 
John Hurston unlikely goal. Hundred percent, but it was so unlikely. He also scored. Was it the following midweek? Yeah. Uh, was it Man United the way? And uh, he, even now, he like jokes with Joe Royal about how he was uh, Everton's top scorer <laughs> in the title <laughs> season for one week only. <laughs> and, uh, Joe obviously took him over. But yeah, that goes around on the uh, on the internet as well. It was like uh, quite a cute little, you know, sort of volley with the outside of his foot you know sort of flip, flipping the ball behind him and again you know so that sparked an absolute flying start to the season where we won like first four or five games I think it was it was only Derby County that finally like sort of yeah. derailed us you know after about uh, two months of the season uh, so yeah flying start but yeah strange one John Hurst because he wore number 10 on his back didn't he but even though he was a centre half it was uh, well, he'd been a centre forward hadn't he yeah. and uh, he had a goal in him. It, was, it was quite interesting we spoke about 67 68 and there was a feeling in 67, 68 and 68, 69 that we had a really good team but yeah. we were a little bit soft you know that we needed to toughen up because that was an era of you know, tough teams like Leeds yeah. and, and Chelsea and I think the win at Arsenal on the opening day that set the tone because I think the feeling was that actually we were we looked a lot harder team than what we had done in the previous two or three years and um, and as Penno said that's it you know with table chart starts the season we went 14 past yeah. 17 games and stuff and I say big Asty, you know. I think there's a lot of people who just think that's his name, isn't it? <laughs> 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 his, his name is Big Asty. Never heard him called John Hurst. Yeah. <laughs> very, well, very rarely. Yeah. He, even in the seventies, he was known as Big Asty. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But yeah, and I think that was that set the tone. You know, like. Uh, for, for the rest of the he's, he's one of the great underrated players yeah, yeah. of that era as well you know, so for obvious reasons people talk about Paul Harvey Candle they talk about Joe Royal talk about Johnny Morris they talk about Ray Wilson you know there's like so many superstars in that team and yet he was always the unassuming understated figure at the back he, you know he didn't give that many media interviews so maybe you know so didn't hear about him maybe as much as you should do but just so consistent season after season after season and one of those like you know first names on the team she was very rarely talked about so it's quite good that we get the opportunity yeah. to discuss Oh, definitely, definitely. Right. It was a goal he enjoyed as well. Yeah. We went to Arsenal, won 1-0 when I scored there. It was a little touching from about a yard. And then we went to Old Trafford and won 2-0 on the Wednesday night. And I scored again. And But the one at Old Trafford was a bit special. It was uh, from about 20, 25 yards. Alan Ball scored on his debut, Gav, and then scored on the opening day the following season and the opening day the season exactly. after that. And, and that didn't really surprise me because I always imagine Alan Ball to despise the summer. He probably, <laughs> he probably couldn't wait for the first game of the new season. So he was always, always likely to, to impact the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and he's always going to score on his debut. I think it was only, was it three, it was a full, wasn't it? Um, I think it was only three weeks after the World Cup yeah, final, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Imagine it's going to happen this year, isn't it? Um, which is mad. Um, yeah, I mean, like, we talk about people, you know, we talk about maybe it didn't work out for Cossie's first game, perhaps sort of overshadowed the rest of us. Goodison career, but with Alan Ball, he was always going to score on his debut, yeah. and then always going to have a great career yeah. anyway, wasn't yeah. he? Really, and he scored like two, as I said, the following against Man United. Then he scored at Man United the following season. We got got beat two one. I wonder who's got the record for scoring on the most opening days oh. of the season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. Yeah. Eight times Dixie yeah. Dean did it. Just ridiculous, yeah. But not not to be 
unexpected really you know so every goal scoring record that you can think of you know so regarding Everton it's Dixie unless you're talking about most goals in Europe or most goals yeah. in the League Cup <laughs> because they didn't exist back then yeah, it's just incest and that I mean Ross Barkley got a few on the opening day as well yeah he did yeah I think yeah. he's only wanted to do three. three I think he got three out of four yeah yeah I remember Tommy Redzinski got a couple in consecutive seasons but yeah talking of unlikely goal scorers on the opening day just want to go through a couple uh you can take one each. Roger Kenyon against Coventry City and Paul Power as well in, in 87. Well, I'll take Roger if you like because because uh, I was there for that one. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was um, my, my first game of being uh, Coventry on Easter Monday 1975. And I've, I've got, if I remember right, it was 75 76, was it the Roger Kenyon one? Mm-hmm. It was the opening day. And uh, Coventry still had that weird green and black, you know, sort of striped kit. And it was, you know, we'd, we'd just missed out on the title the previous season, finished fourth in a two-horse race, you know, so as, 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 as we tended to do. But we're playing Coventry, you know, so a team that we should have, like, you know, sort of done really well against. But David Cross was the other centre-forward that day, who was a big handful, yeah. you know, so a real physical centre-forward. And we just couldn't handle him at the back, you know. I forget who was playing central defence that day. Roger was obviously one of them, and I forget who was alongside him, but we just we, we lacked the physical presence to handle him. Got battered 4 1. I think David Cross got a hat trick. And it was like, wow, what happened to that title campaign the previous season? And that was really the, the sign that the wheels were starting to come off the Billy Bingham, you know, yeah. so rain, you know, so even as early as that, because we never really recovered that. 75 76 was quite a, quite, quite a poor season in the end. But yeah, Roger, um, I think it was a shot rather than a head. I think he took one in from a corner uh, to give us hope, might have made it 2 1, but it wasn't to be. But uh, yeah, it was uh, not one we remember all that fondly, that one, <laughs> even though I do recall it. Over to a much more memorable one, the Paul Pappa game. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, a memorable opening day performance by a player was the year before. We beat Forest 2-0 and Kevin Seed, was absolutely fantastic, scored yeah. two, two great goals, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was his best season. So, you know, talk about like, yeah. we talk about 84, 85, but Sheedy, 86, 87, was... Was, was brilliant. That was a, yeah. it was a far better player than what it was years before. Eight seven eight eight. Yeah, we won the Challenge Shield. Yeah. Uh, Collins first game. Collins first league game. Played Norwich. He'd had a good season here before, and um, obviously won the title down there. And I think it was Heather, wasn't it? By mm. power, I think at the Gladys Street end, one nil. And um, what was it significant for that game? Oh, well, I'm putting you on the spot now. Put me on the spot. Go on, I only know because I was sent by Len Capling the old uh, Daily yeah. Post sports editor to cover it as a fan on the street end because it was the first day of the street end's oh, new yeah. roof, yeah, which yeah, we claimed would improve the acoustics and make us as loud as the cop because they got all that kind of like so you know, you know yeah. applause for being like so so loud and it was it didn't make a big difference. Yeah. So yeah, I was sent along with my mates uh, to stand on the street end and work. Tough, yeah. tough job that day. Yeah, yeah and uh, again. We won, won, but it never we had a problem scoring goals. That's it. Yeah. We scored. Yeah. I think it was fifty-two, wasn't it? I think I'm Paul that maybe only got one more, one or two more goals after that. But his big season it was the year before, wasn't it? Yeah. He played forty up to forty-two games. And uh, can you imagine the Twitter few? When we signed Paul Power, by the way. Oh, yeah. I can tell you exactly where I was when we signed. I was in Lord's Cricket Ground <laughs> watching Middlesex against New Zealand in June '86. And you may come out, there we are, watching the cricket. You <laughs> may come out with the paper and it goes, you're looking, looking at it, and he goes, and he said, You've signed Paul Power. <laughs> I can't say what, what I said like, on, a, on an official Everton podcast, what my response was. Well, Twitter Fume would have yeah, been magnified yeah, about yeah, 4 million yeah, times. Oh, yeah. It was something like, why have you signed him? Yeah. but it was masterful wasn't it yeah absolutely, absolutely last time we scored opening goal on the opening day against Chelsea was uh, 
was Andy King. Oh, I remember that fondly. Away by Benetti from Lyons. Mistake by Walker. The shot by King. Andy King. Well, that was beautifully placed. Peter Benetti up to fist the ball away from the head of Mike Lyons. And when it came down to Andy King, he struck that perfectly over the goalkeeper. And that's the first goal of the season for Everton. That was BBC in the days when match of the day, you know, so only had, uh, you know, sort of a couple of games. And I think it was, was it straight after the, the World Cup oh, yeah, in yeah. Argentina? And it was a baking hot day. And you know, so I think that was obviously when Villa and Ardiles had signed. And so there's a lot of excitement about uh, foreign players coming from the World Cup to play in the, uh, the first division as was. And uh, they made a big deal of like this, you know, sort of homespun Englishman, you know, this Cockney boy, you know, sort of Andy King scoring a continental type goal because Andy very rarely did knock-ins. He scored yeah. absolutely spectacular goals so many times. Love Andy King so much. And uh, that was one of them. It was just, um, you know, sort of jinked it a couple of times on the edge of the penalty area and then just dinked it over the goalkeeper. And uh, they're a match day for everybody to enjoy. And I think Gordon Lee was interviewed afterwards about, uh, you know, sort of foreign players, you know, so coming to this country. And Gordon's views weren't as uh, <laughs> complimentary as maybe, you know, so other managers might have been. But uh, it was, it was, uh, that was a great start to a season full stop, actually. Actually, yeah, because uh, we beat, was it, oh gosh, am I getting mixed up now? Was it Derby we'd beaten and then Man United we oh, drew? Oh, wasn't it? Derby yeah. and Arsenal, then we beat Man United 2-1. On. And then, yeah, Martin Buchan equalised yeah. in the 92nd minute. And then, Bob Latchford mentioned alert, put past Wimbledon in the League Cup, won 8-0 yeah. and Latch got five. We just say just Martin Dobson got three. <laughs> he did, and, yeah. And the new striker, Mickey Walsh, didn't get <laughs> Can we just have a Bob Latchford podcast? Get this all out the way. <laughs> you know, so, you know, you know like, yeah, yeah that, that, that was a great interview with Gordon Lee. Yeah. It, was so, it was so great that the BBC uh, in the early 90s produced a, a, a two-hour match of the day, the 70s video, yeah. and there's only one man who gets interviewed on the entire video, <laughs> and it's Gordon Lee's oh. interview with uh, Chelsea because, as you say, he did play the Englander to, uh, yeah. to perfection, you know. But, yeah, Kingy, great goals, great goals on the telly, wasn't yeah. it, Kingy? Yeah. You yeah. know, you could list four or five and score that the, the best I think he ever scored, which was television cameras weren't there away at Derby, and uh, again I think it was a one nil win. Man, I, I, really, I've yeah, never I've never seen that since. Yeah, oh, that's what's yeah, yeah. one to dig out then, yeah, yeah, because that was a wonderful yeah, yeah, yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he saved us best ones for the. the yeah. Is the opening day of a football season a statistician's dream? Depends what stat you want. Really, I think apart. It is in terms of who you played most and, you know, who scored the, the, the first goal, you know, the season on the most occasions and stuff. I mean, they've done that once, by the way. We haven't scored the first goal of the Premier League season once. Yeah. Any? Wow, an early goal on yeah. the Premier League opening day. Um, Got me there. No, I'll be, I'll be here all day trying to think of that one. Peter Beagley at Southampton in 1993. Oh, really? About 11 minutes, yeah. I was I was there, yeah, I should have yeah. got it. We won our opening three games that season yeah. and then lost our next three. Yeah, and it, it really went down. Yeah, it was a real... 93-94, yeah, it was a real... that day, did He did, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a re- real so. up-and-down season. Well, funny, actually, because like, you get those kind of like mad little runs because I remember the opening day of... Oh gosh, Walter was in charge. We played Charlton away on the opening day. David Weir. Uh, David Weir scored a great volley. But I'd actually spoken to Walter in the build-up to the, uh, the start of that season and said, how many punches do you think you're going to get this season? 
He looked at me like I was daft, as Walter often did. <laughs> uh, I said, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, spread betting, Walter. Look what the spread betting people are saying you're going to get this season. And it was criminally low. And uh, I thought, we're going to get more than that. And he came up with some mad total, like 54. And I said, no, behave yourself, Walter. We're not going to get that many. But how many do you think we'll get? Oh, no, we're not 54. And I said, well, okay. You know, so I think we'll get less than that. But the spread betting people think we're going to get this ridiculously low number. I said, if you put money on now and we make a good start, you can cash in straight away. I didn't do it, didn't take my own advice. But we uh, won on the opening day at Charlton, should have beaten Man City on the, uh, on the, in the midweek, but we drew 1-1. And then we played on the Saturday and, uh, and won again. Uh, I can't remember against who. Bora. Uh, Bora won, won again. Shotgun, and you know, yeah, you know, yeah. two out of our opening, you know, so three yeah. games, you know, so that we're, the only reason we never won in the midweek game was David Ellery had a nightmare, as he often did. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it all fell apart from there. So, yeah, it's weird you get so excited by, you know, so early season performances and think you're going to suddenly, you know, sort of conquer the world. Last season, for argument's sake, yeah. you know, so we had a great start and then it fell apart. So, yeah, don't get too up and don't get too down, whatever happens no, at the start of the season. That's the 93, 94 season, Prano saying in, Howard Snowt at the, you know, the opening day of the season, he goes, I think we will surprise a few people this season. We're going back to you, it's actually quite an easy for a statistician because it is a blank sheet, yeah. you know, yeah. and you don't, you don't really like stats that I carry forward from the, the previous year, like a, like a clean slate, so uh, let's hopefully there's a lot Trying of... Trying to think of red cards, Phil Jagielka got one at Wolves, didn't he? Yeah. Debut, and that, that was a genius, genius performance as well. Ended his Everton career, really, didn't it? Yeah, and I thought it was harsh as well when you look yeah. at some of the other you know, yeah. decisions that never went that season. Um, I can't think of many others on the opening day. Yeah. That, well, we mentioned one earlier, David Jones at Queen's Park Rangers, which was unusual, you know. So yeah. you know, in the in the seventies, yeah. because you had to you know inflict previous bodily harm on somebody. Yeah, how did the lead One late on, they were down to ten men. Man, do you think it might have been lead here? Got one. Just trying to think off the top of my head, so I can't think of. For I mean, a lot of people, it's their first ever game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There'll be some kids who will not sleep on Friday night because oh, yeah. it's going to be their first, the first time they walk up the steps and see the green, fantastic, perfect pitch and. It's just, a, it's just a wonderful, wonderful moment. I love seeing it. Well, it is, and we know for a fact that despite the Friday night game, you know, so Arsenal and Palace, the fact that ours is a half past five on a Saturday, mm. we know the atmosphere is going to be special. There's going to be another welcome. There's going to be, you know, sort of smoke bombs, you know, going off everywhere. There's going to be the, the team coach welcome. And, yeah, there's a sense of anticipation because, OK, Chelsea are a very, very tough side to play and they've, you know, strengthened their squad significantly this summer. But we've got a decent record against them in the last few years. One of those teams we have done okay against, uh, especially at Goodison Park. And that just bolsters you with a bit more, you know, so hope and optimism. And obviously we've added to the squad ourselves, you know, so and you know, so the new signings have already made an impact, you know, okay, albeit a pre-season friendly, but you know, so what, you know, so the confidence is still there. So yeah, you know, we'll go there with confidence. And those young kids who are making their first excursion up the steps will be so excited it's untrue. Dearly hope it goes well for them and you know so we get the results. Let's hope so. I hope you've enjoyed listening to our reminiscences about opening day wins, losses and draws. Everton against Chelsea on Saturday at half past five. Full commentary with myself and Ian Snowden. Thanks as always to uh, Gavin Buckland and to the president of the Bob Latchford fan club, <laughs> David Prentice.